0: the series of the Forever Young podcast. We release episodes on the first of every month. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe and follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Charlene, and I'm joined by Tom.
1: Hello. So for this week's, uh, this month's book, we're reading It Starts With, with The Egg by Rebecca Fett. Yay. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> what, what sort of a book is this about? I mean, the, the title sort of gives it away a bit, but who i guess a bit vague it does it does is this a (laughs) cooking book or like what's sort of happening uh do you want to give a brief sort of run through of like who should read it what is this book about that sort Mm. of stuff
0: so i came across this book actually at work um uh, it was just in on the shelf at work and I kind of grabbed it and then started to read it and it was really it seemed really interesting it's actually different from all the other books that we've kind of read in that it's not solely focused on TCM. So this book is actually a book on fertility, um, on kind of how to boost fertility and on egg quality. Um, And it's very, very, very kind of scientific and evidence-based. So I think like 25% of the book is just like references. Like the back of the book is just like all references references, from studies. Yeah. And things like that. So simply it's a book on fertility.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's a very different book to the Chinese med sort of side where it's mostly like, ah, this is what they sort of wrote in the ancient Mm. scripture. It's more like the reason why I'm saying this is because they've done evidence with this and they've done evidence with this. Mm. So uh, a lot of the information gathered here, you can have a look like to just background check or if you want to look further into the information, Mm. you can always have a look there. Um, So what sort of can you expect well, from reading the sort of fertility book, like um, what is it for anyone who's looking to get pregnant or people with certain conditions? What would I normally expect from this?
0: I think a bit of both. If you are trying to fall pregnant or have been um, trying for a while and your um, specialist or your doctors have told you there's certain conditions that you have that affect that fertility. Um, this book is very helpful as well. So It basically um, provides you with some action plans. So there's like a basic, intermediate and advanced plans. And then it kind of um, has a few things that you yourself can do. So like you don't need your doctor or kind of like a professional to help you with most of these things um, you can do yourself. And so there's different recommendations on um, what depending on what level of fertility i guess you're at so whether you're starting your fertility journey and just want some more information or whether you've been trying for a while going through um, art and IVF and things like that and you want some more support or you want to do a bit more to boost your fertility so i think um, all these people will be able to take something away from this book but i think also as chinese medicine practitioners um yeah, this book is really
1: helpful as well. Yeah, for sure. Something I really liked about this book because originally before I read this book, I sort of thought, all right, so it's for fertility, all you sort of want is that sort of implantation. You just want that like sort of sperm meets the egg and then yeah. sort of that's it really. But it's sort of like a whole process. It's like millions of things can happen between sperm meets the egg. There could be a million things that goes wrong. Um even though it might be like you get that sort of zygote, like the embryos sort of meet together, yeah. there could be chromosomal defects and stuff like that. So it's it's really, really cool that um, I got to learn more about like the Western med side and like not just my role as a Chinese med practitioner.
0: Mm-hmm. What about
1: you, Shine? Did you What did you like most about this book?
0: Yeah, I think similar to like what you thought, learning the Western medicine side of things, um, like you get a lot of patients that come in that's like I've been recommended to take these supplements and you know I'm at this stage of my journey and things like that so um, when I first started seeing like fertility patients I was just like all right got to do a lot of research and like yeah as you kind of go into it a bit more then you understand a bit more but I think this book is a really kind of concise overview Overview, yeah, it like yeah. provides a good foundation to learn about egg quality. Um, to learn, I guess, a bit more specifics. Um, if fertility is one of the, um, like one of the, what, what's the word, like one of the types of patients that you want to see often, I think it's really important to understand this side of things as well,
1: yeah, because it's not just sort of about, um, oh, I can't get like fertile I go through IVF and I just sort of sit there it's like uh, it's very sort of empowering in terms of like what else can I do how can I sort of set my else myself up so that when I go through IVF um, how can I get the best results of me getting pregnant and all that sort of stuff so I I think it's good for both um, women who are trying to get pregnant as well as men who might have affected sperm quality or anything like that but also who want to support their their partner in terms of like trying to get pregnant as well. Mm-hmm. So something they mentioned as well in this book that um, the growth period, the growth phase, which is before mm-hmm. ovulation, is sort of the best time to sort of implement the stuff that they talk about in this mm-hmm. book. So stuff like supplements is a big factor, um, mm-hmm. diet, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you can think of, Charlene, that they would have mentioned in this book?
0: Um, No, I think those are like the overall kind of categories and then they go a bit deeper um, into those kind of categories and tell you specific things that you can do depending on what stage you are um, or what's happening with your body as well. So yeah, I think overall, yes, it fits into, I guess, one of those few categories.
1: Hmm. How would you sort of Rate this book. It would it be? Do you think it's worth its money? I think it's twenty eight dollars at the moment on Audible and twelve dollars on the Kindle on Amazon. Do you think it's sort of? Do you think it's a good book that people? It's worth people's time to read, or do you think it's more of? Uh, it's more just for like a specific niche.
0: I think it is kind of specific because the. Well, I guess specific in the fact that it's for fertility, so it's not really for everyone. Um, But I did actually enjoy the book a lot because I guess I'm one of those people that is treating fertility patients, so it's important to me. So I actually, it did take a while to read just because of how scientific and how much um, evidence they presented and how many studies they kind of like presented as well. So it did take me a while to read, but when I got to the end, I was like, Okay, great. Like this is very helpful, and yeah. even like it, even while reading it, because it did take me a little while to read. Like I was able to kind of implement those types of things, um, as well, like the yeah. recommendations.
1: Yeah, I I think something that's a really sort of stands out about this book as well is that they always have summaries after each chapter to make sure that uh, the knowledge that you learn is consolidated and they always, they also have action plans. So they sort of categorize their action plans into basic, intermediate and advanced. So it depends on sort of what factors are affecting your pregnancy. So if you're just those sort of the stock standard, nothing sort of wrong with your body, which is good, then you can just follow the basic plan. But um, what Rebecca does is she also caters it to people who might be suffering from conditions like PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or maybe they have like a uh, diminished ovarian reserve and stuff like that. So they, she really does sort of look out for the main categories of people who are infertile, which I really like personally. Yeah. Yeah. So... That being said, did you find anything wrong with this book, Charlene? Like any criticisms or anything that you're like, she could have might have maybe done better with this?
0: Um, I think it was okay. I don't really have that much criticism apart from maybe it's just my brain is not built like scientific <laughs> Western <laughs> medicine style. So like I had to read through a few times. So yeah, if you... If you're looking for just a more casual read about fertility then this is probably not it because yeah it is very informative very very, full-on yeah yeah and lots of kind of um, and like western medicine like physiology kind of um, explanations as well so it kind of gets for a bit detailed rather than just these are your ovaries and
1: these are your (laughs) eggs yeah yeah it's uh I think I had that same sort of problem as well especially with supplements like I like the way she introduced the supplements and like how she sort of stated the importance of it but sometimes it got a bit a lot of it sort of whooshed over my head because I'm like Mm -hmm. oh I've never sort of seen these like um supplements and like why they would be good and all this sort of stuff so I was like Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff was a bit too much evidence as well which is good Mm. to have evidence but it's just like it makes it a bit more difficult to understand yeah
0: Um, and she also kind of went into like from the very start like this is the first um this is what happened when people thought about like using this supplement first and basically from like (laughs) every yeah, she, single not every she, single study but
1: like yeah, yeah she kind of assumes that you already know all the talks and all the rumors about it so she's <laughs> like so now that you know it's like oh we don't really we don't really know that much about it could <laughs> yeah. you go more a bit more into sort of like <laughs> it's sort of just like her throwing it's into like the middle part of the pool right like mm. it's not the deep bends because she does sort of briefly touch on it but yeah uh, some of the stuff you might need to like google it's like to yeah. pick up some extra more sort of context based mm yeah um, cool is there anything else you wanted to go over charlene before we sort of um, have our intermission and sort of go into a deep dive
0: no i think i think we covered most, most of, it. of it yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think supplements is a huge part of this book as well mm-hmm. um less she does cover stuff uh, like other factors like diet And like other Mm. factors that might help you for fertility, but that's Mm. less of a priority here. It's mostly about Mm. supplements and how you can improve using these to become pregnant. Mm. Um, Yeah. So that being said, that was the first segment of this episode where we sort of run through what to expect from the book and sort of where we can the next part is sort of where we can sort of go into a deep dive so if you're interested in getting the book and you don't want any i guess spoilers in information uh, this is a good time to hit pause and then give it a read before the next segment Uh, so we'll see you on the next one Welcome back to the second half, where we sort of deep dive into what to expect from this book, our personal thoughts, and all that sort of information in between. So, Charlene, how, let's let's sort of start this off in terms of um, egg quality. I think that's something that is a very very big emphasis in this book because that's where the reader can sort of come in in terms of helping their fertility.
0: Yeah. So, I guess in the book she explains um, that. Of, like, some things that you can do to help egg quality um, and the research behind why this is recommended. So, with certain supplements, kind of um, what factors they affect um, in your body that will affect the egg quality. Um, but basically, as your body ages, um, your the eggs will accumulate damage in where the energy production center. Um, And so basically most of the supplements or most of the recommendations um, is to do with kind of helping the eggs um, produce more energy and therefore increasing the egg quality or to kind of um, protect against um, oxidation. So oxidation are things that may damage the egg energy production centers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Egg is energy too much of a- <laughs> EE energy, egg energy production centers. EEPC. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is like a great tie-in. We'll we'll have a sort of Chinese medicine part later on in this sort of deep dive as well. But I think that's like a huge emphasis on where Chinese medicines can, can sort of come in and help with fertility mm. and why it's so popular with patients who come see us for fertility is for that sort of specific part where it's the egg energy quality (laughs) production center stuff
0: (laughs) yeah i guess in chinese medicine you wouldn't really specifically call it that like you wouldn't really say that to the patient you'd like yeah, you'd just kind of talk more about overall egg quality
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so like just rephrasing it in terms of like how we see it in chinese medicine to sort of something Mm. more approachable to sort of the general publics and patients and stuff um, something like that she did mention which I also want to go into is the dangers of B, uh, BPA and other sort of toxins so like uh, phthalates and other sort of stuff what did you think of that
0: so I guess like you've I'm pretty sure like you've heard of BPA before fertility like I'd heard of BPA and like when you buy stuff you're like oh BPA free okay um, but she kind of goes into what BPA is and how it specifically affects um, fertility and egg quality so it's quite more in depth and then she gives some recommendations um, about what you can do as well but basically um, BPA is so like the certain chemical that is in plastics um, can affect the egg quality. So that energy production, egg energy production center <laughs> that we were talking about before. Um, and basically that's what um, affects the egg quality. So, and similar with um, phthalates as well. So they, they're kind of um, in like fragrances and like um, just household kind of cleaning materials and things like that like hairspray laundry products um so yeah one recommendation was when you look at the products just to make sure it's phthalate free
1: yeah phthalate free yeah would you tell any of your fertility patients hey like try and keep away from like plastics that aren't bpa free and like have a look at fragrant free sort of stuff would you advise that for your patients after reading this book
0: i think
1: because this is more of sort of like a Western med side, but they could still definitely benefit from this evidence-based information, right? So do you think you would tell your patients and stuff regarding this? I don't
0: think, I mean, I guess it depends on how open the patient is. So I guess the first thing that I normally talk to my patients about um, in terms of TCM recommendations is diet. So I'd probably um, talk more about her diet recommendations. And then I guess if they're still having trouble or if they're kind of open and they're like, well, what else can I do? Like I'm doing everything right. Then um, maybe we can have a discussion around this, but this is kind of like A whole change that you kind of do so it's like um, replacing your plastic containers with like glass and doing like um, like replacing with fresh um, unprocessed things and basically it's a whole like cleanse of your lifestyle and I guess with for some people Like money is a concern. Like they're already going through IBF, already spending a lot of money. So it's like replacing all these things in their household is not viable. Whereas like changing a few things in the diet is a lot more viable. So I think it depends on the patient as well. Like it's really good um, knowledge and advice to have and know, but whether it's realistic for the patient is, I guess, a different, different story. Yeah. Yeah, It sort of
1: depends on their condition like where they're sort of at i guess so mm. i mean i guess it would be something that you could suggest to be like hey look there's been some studies for bpa uh, mm. bpa and mm-hmm. failures to affect your fertility chances mm. um so you could consider these things i guess just sort of informing mm. them so that i guess they're aware but uh, i yeah. guess we have to focus more on the chinese med side because that's sort of where yeah. we are trained in yeah so but i know yeah
0: some, um, some of my patients come in and um, like the IVF clinic has told them like um, stop using fragrances and like um, perfumes and things like that. So I think if they're going through IVF um, and a lot of these things, um, the suggestions that she's made do benefit IVF. So a lot of the clinics already tell their patients this as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. So um, something that you, I wanted to touch on as well was you mentioned diet. So did you feel like anything from this book you got from diet that you wouldn't already tell your patients?
0: Um, I think it's similar to the advice that we're already giving, but I guess in TCM, it's a little bit more specific to the individual, whereas her suggestions is um, pretty much the same for everyone. So like reduce the sugars and the trans fats and um like less of the refined carbohydrate, carbohydrate, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, kind of take like have more f- fresh fruit and vegetables and kind of lean meats, so more of a Mediterranean diet. So that's kind of yeah a little, a little bit in line with what we already do, except Chinese medicine's all about the cooked vegetables.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> all no- nothing about the no raw foods or any yeah. salads, anything like that. That. I'm not sure if Mediterranean diets have a lot of salad in them. But I think
0: up. it's more like the Mediterraneans just more focused on like the fresh, like fruit and yeah. vegetables. So yeah. rather than having like packaged processed and rather than having like breads and carbs and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that sort of ties in as well with like BPA and stuff because most processed stuff comes in like plastic and like wrapping mm. and all that sort of stuff. So that's where you could, yeah. even if you don't drink water or do all that stuff with like plastic bottles you might get affected through foods and like how Mm. they sort of store their meat or vegetables Mm. and they package that stuff so i think that's something to consider as well that Mm. i didn't really think about until now um just as well something i really liked in this book is when they talked about sperm quality because they always make it hey it's all about the women the women like you guys need to do this 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 and it's Mm. less like it's more of a minor role, which kind of makes sense, I guess, that Mm. for men, the men's side, but I like how she did sort of touch on that as well. Mm. What what did you think about what she said for sperm quality and like what guys can do from their side?
0: I think it was really interesting because when she, I guess, talked about sperm quality, she talked about the traditional kind of factors that they check for. So like that motility, um, the sperm count and... The what is the third one? Motility. Motility count and
1: quality. Quality.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think then, like the
1: actual quality of the sperm itself is what matters as well, but it's it's yeah, less important than the eggs. Because, um,
0: let me morphology. So the Ah, shape (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't called. Yeah. So count motility and morphology. So that's what I guess the traditional kind of sperm checks um, they look at, but she was saying that basically DNA quantity, which is what you were saying matters more than that conventional analysis. So, and she was also saying that like, it's a myth that sperm quality doesn't decrease until like 50 years old or something. So um, basically sperm begin to decline as early as 35 years old and it's super susceptible to that oxidative stress and oxidation that we're talking about as well. And this overall affects the quality. So I think her recommendations were quite similar to um, what you can do to help your egg quality as well. So rather than just making like a change for yourself, like you and your partner can do this together and it's
1: like, we're in this together yeah it is Um, it is that's a very cute approach it's like hey even though like uh you're like the the woman's like the host and stuff it's like Mm. it still matters you know to have some support and stuff as well yeah the guy side Mm -hmm. something i did like as well is um you know the keep your distance from cell phones you know how guys always sort of hold Cell phones in their pockets and stuff, and it's like, Oh, be careful because the radiation is going to fry your mm. sperm quality. Apparently, based on some of the evidence provided, it's true.
0: Yeah, apparently, the radiation or like men who have kept the cell phones um, in a closer physical proximity have increased signs of oxidation and therefore lower sperm quality. But it's funny, well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's like something that our like Asian parents have been telling us since we were young. Like, don't put your phone in your pocket because of the radiation.
1: Yeah, mine one was <laughs> don't put your phone near your bed when you sleep because it'll fry your brain.
0: Ah. Uh, so no, I, 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 I was, think it's a bit too uh, late for that yeah. for me,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, yeah, I think that was something that I was like, oh, I didn't really, like, expect that. I thought it was always, like, a sort of myth. myth. Hmm. But there you go. Um, something as well that they said that for guys specifically was to stay cool. So they want to sort of keep that area, like, nice and breezy in terms of, like, yeah. temperature-wise because it can affect mm. sperm count and motility as well.
0: Mm. So
1: if you're constantly like feverish or you don't, uh, you wear very sort of tight pants where it sort of squeezes and like constricts blood circulation, it can really affect sort of uh, your sperm quality and stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess something as well as that they touch, she tells you to for guys to drink less alcohol as well. Um, mm just because it might affect sperm quality, but that also comes in Chinese med because you're putting a lot of heat into your body. So Mm, that sort of comes in as well. So yeah, pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, Yeah,
0: I think a lot of the stuff kind of makes sense from Chinese medicine because you're looking at it so holistically as well. So rather than just saying like, take these supplements for um, egg quality, like here are some other things that you can do as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think I really like that because it's sort of like coming around one full circle of like Western med from one end and Chinese med from the other. So Mm. we're all sort of coming around to that holistic approach, which is amazing. Um, Something I also wanted to touch on as well was um, the supplements because that was a big factor in the book. So I feel like if we Mm. don't touch on it, I feel like (laughs) – we're not doing the book justice personally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: Which do you advise patients? Because I know we have like Chinese formulas and stuff like that, that Mm. patients can take. Do you you advise patients? Would you advise any patients to take any supplements based on this book?
0: So... Basically, I always ask my patients whether they're um, taking like a preconception, like multivitamin or um, something to help them conceive um, that has folate in it. And most of them are. um, But if they're not, I kind of do recommend for them to start taking something um, just because there is a lot of research on folate as well. Um, And if their doctor hasn't like and their doctors most of the time will ask them to take something
1: normally yeah that's Mm. something i like because i'm very new to the supplements sort of categories especially when Mm. it comes to fertility so learning like oh yeah folate was like the most common one that most people know about as well as multivites Mm. but going Mm. further than that where for the intermediate and advanced plants that she's got where you need coenzyme q10 for mm. that energy production. What was it? Energy production in your... Like
0: energy production center.
1: Yes, that's one. You increase the energy in those centers and mm-hmm. mel- melatonin and antioxidants. What did you think of that one in terms of like... Because usually melatonin is was... for sleep in terms of like helping you sleep, getting good quality, like the first thing that like sort of chemical that comes out in your brain mm-hmm. before you fall asleep.
0: yeah. Um, I think because a lot of IVF clinics already tell patients to take melatonin to help with it. So I think I was a little bit more familiar with it um, when speaking to my patients. But I guess um, like I knew that they, they often take this. But I guess now I understand more about why they recommend to take this. But it's mostly um, recommended for IVF patients. Um, people going through ART and IVF to take melatonin. So if you're trying naturally, then um, yeah, melatonin might not be as helpful or like rather just like exposure to sunlight and like yeah, daylight yeah. in more natural kind of um, ways. Yeah.
1: You can take yeah you know, like vitamin D and stuff. Is mm. that what you mean?
0: Oh, So basically the melatonin um, affects the natural cycle. like the not natural um, balance of ovulation. So in an IVF cycle, because they're already taking so much medication, the melatonin won't affect this too much. But if you're trying naturally um, to conceive, then the melatonin can affect that natural balance. So if you are kind of looking to increase your melatonin levels, then it's more recommended to kind of be in the sunshine um, exposure to light during the day to get more melatonin rather than through supplements.
1: Yeah, it's kind of difficult for us at the moment uh, in Victoria because of lockdown, but, I mean, I guess you could just stare out out from the window, I guess, (laughs) and just receive the sunlight that way because, um, yeah, this is our sixth lockdown, sixth, seventh lockdown now that I think it's going to get extended.
0: Yeah, Um, I I heard that. uh, We can stand in your backyard (laughs) (laughs) or your front yard
1: yes yes like a crazy person in
0: your house like you're allowed within your property to go outside right
1: yeah yeah you want you're allowed to (laughs) exercise as well don't get me wrong but it's just like not the same everyone's sort of stuck at home in terms of like going out they can't go outside for work even if you're Mm -hmm. like vaccinated and stuff you can't you still have to follow the rules and stuff which is a little bit tough on people I think most people I've talked to Mm -hmm even patients are very like stressed everyone's like so sick of being stuck inside by now yeah
0: can imagine
1: Uh, so yeah i think that's something as well that um is really really important that she touched at the start of the book in terms Mm -hmm. of like stress it's a huge huge Mm -hmm. factor that chinese medicine looks at for fertility as well Mm -hmm. in terms of like uh, i guess in this book they would talk more about like how that causes oxidation and all that sort of stuff but Mm -hmm. For Chinese men in all fertility, it's like stress is like one big thing. And because Mm -hmm. there's so many things that could go wrong in fertility, it's, it's sort of like an uphill battle. So whatever you can get that helps, you should try your best to try and take Mm -hmm. it. And we sort of just tell patients to, Hey, like let them know that this is an uphill battle and Mm -hmm. we're sort of in it together to try and best work together Mm -hmm. to get you pregnant.
0: I think rather than so many things that can go wrong, I think it's more of a so many things need to align and go right because, like, everything, like, maybe nothing will go wrong, but just it just didn't align and it Mm. just didn't happen. Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, rather than thinking
0: of it as going wrong.
1: Because
0: I don't know, like, if the patient doesn't fall pregnant this month, I'm like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, it didn't go wrong. It just, the things just didn't align for you. Yeah, it doesn't mean that your body is like bad
1: yeah, or like bad or like yeah. doing
0: bad things. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not negative. It's yes. just yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, just things in the line, which yeah. is crazy. When I like the first stat that I read in the book was one third of fertilized embryos survive to become a baby, which is crazy to me because like it it takes it can be like quite hard to even get the fertilized embryo in the first mm. place. And then after that, you, there's, like, even more stuff that could go wrong. Uh, mm. Sorry, that could misalign. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, Charlene, what was the biggest takeaway that you got from this book?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, there were so many. I guess the the plans and the suggestions on... Um, Oh, I don't I don't even know like my it was so much information overload for my brain that I don't think I can just pick one thing mm-hmm. that was just like a takeaway but I do think that the um, plans that she presented are very there will be very helpful Um, and they're even specific so like the advanced plan as you were saying before like one is um, geared towards like recurrent miscarriages and then the other is more like um, diminished ovarian reserves so she really kind of tries to um, take into account everyone's kind of situation and what they're going through Um, so yeah I, I don't know about one takeaway Yeah, that's good. That means
1: (laughs) I think that's that's how you know a book's good is when Mm. you just can't take one thing away. You know, there's Mm. just so many facets of information that you can adapt and sort of Mm. learn from.
0: Um, Yeah. What about you? What Um, What did
1: what was my biggest takeaway? Yeah. Um. Probably for me, I like the plans. I really like the action plans for me, and the Mm. supplement knowledge. I think those two were like the biggest. Um, I guess my like holes in my knowledge would be those, mm-hmm. and incorporating those into sort of helping patients in terms of like, mm-hmm. hey, look, like have you have you tried these? Supp- have you is your um, what's the fertility specialist? Doctor specialist, Hobbs? yeah. Have you? Specialist told you to take this and this, and like debunking mm-hmm. a lot of the information that's like myths, I guess, or like yeah. not evidence proved. <laughs> Stuff like royal mm. jellies, all uh, oh,
0: yeah,
1: L arginine, yes. and all that sort of stuff. So, I thought that mm. was pretty cool as well. Just to be like, hey, there's not really that much evidence based on it, so mm. maybe don't try that out, but like, yeah.
0: yeah, or like take it with a grain of salt, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you mm. get these
1: sort of things, mm. Mm. Yeah. how many yin yang logos would you give this, Charlene? Mm. first western med book kind of
0: yeah four and a half
1: whoa four and a half i think i always give
0: like four and a half yeah you're
1: always (laughs) very generous with your yin yang logos yes you get a yin yang logo you get a yin yang logo yeah yeah i
0: think i i really enjoyed the book and i think it really um contributed to um the way I will kind of speak to fertility patients and my recommendations as well so
1: yeah Mm, yeah honestly I'd probably give it the same like four four point (laughs) four point three Um, I really liked how she wrote the book I think it was like she could have made it a lot worse if she wanted to, I guess you could say, like in terms of like- oh, more how, technical, you mean. Yeah, she could have made it so technical that I would have been like struggling really, really hard to mm. get it through each chapter. But yeah, it was quite digestible. I like how she formatted the book as well in terms of having mm. summaries at the end of each chapter just to make sure like all the information can be consolidated. I think that was a huge plus in my book. So yeah, I'd give yeah. her something similar as well, to be honest.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think it's, there's not a lot of um, resources that are so scientific based and it's not something that you really learn much about in uni as well. Like mm-hmm. we've never really touched on fertility. I mean, you touch a little bit on like reproductive physiology and things like that, but yeah, not to this depth. So yeah, I think it's a really unique book.
1: Yeah. Especially not from the Western med side either. So
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, we hope this offers some insight for you into it starts with the egg from us at Forever Young. Thank you for listening to do with us. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our Facebook group for the group for the book discussion.
1: And we've been the Forever <laughs> Young podcast and we'll read with you next time. Bye. Bye.